And we are set to go, and hockey has arrived in the Sunshine State. With a shot, he scores! Martina Kucherov wins it in overtime! Saved by Vasilevsky, and he keeps it out of the net. Reaching behind him, he had it in his glove. Now for a feed in front of Kelly, he scores! And has won it in overtime! Steven Stamkos has reached 60 goals! Welcome to another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. Hope everybody's having a good week. It's Friday, episode 69. Hope everybody's kind of getting in the groove of getting back in the swing of things. Fourth uh, of July is tomorrow. And good news coming out of the NHL, finally. Uh, you know, I told you that if we just all hung in there, finally we'd get some good news and some, you know, Progress has been made, thankfully. Uh, we're gonna, the NHL has decided that uh, it looks like the playoffs will take place in Canada. And, you know, I guess, you know, seeing the timing of things, they wanted to release this information on Canada today, which, you know, I guess is a, some cruel joke the NHL had. You know, they wanted to announce, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of knew all along. At the same time, I have been relentlessly criticizing them for taking so long and that's just because I'm impatient you know if you're a regular listener you know I am one of the most impatient people that you'll ever listen to on a podcast but I do it for good reasons and I have good intentions and that's obviously because I want to talk about it you know the sooner we get the information out there the sooner we get you know to talk about it, discuss about it uh you know converse on twitter social media whatnot uh, before I get into some other topics, uh, I just want to congratulate the voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning, Rick Pe- Peckham, for being awarded the Foster Hewitt Memorial Award for outstanding contributions as a hockey broadcaster. Um, yeah, I mean, the the award, the description of the award says it all. Uh, congratulations to Rick. He's been doing an absolutely, he did an absolutely incredible job. Um, and yeah, we can't, we can't, we couldn't have been prouder of him, and I'm sure... A lot of Lightning fans, of course, uh, share that sentiment. So before we get into the whole Hub City talk, because I know a lot of you, after weeks and weeks and weeks of listening to me to uh, complain and relentlessly attack the NHL, most notably Gary Bettman and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly, uh, we're, I'm going to talk about something that is, you know, so, uh, with hockey that I'm very passionate about, and that's the Olympics. Now, the reason why is because a lot of us, you know, can't remember, you know, who are very young, can't remember a time when the Olympics weren't played by the NHLers. And so it came as big of a shock to a lot of us, including yours truly, when a couple of years back, the NHL decided that they didn't want the players to play in the NH- uh, the Olympics anymore, which I think was absolute crap. Um, the whole reason was because the owners didn't want to have players be gone for, I guess those guys are usually gone for what, like a month. Um, so they tried to do everything they could to do that and took it out of the bargaining agreement. And yeah, here we are today. Well, the league and the player association are currently working on a new collective bargaining agreement or CBA and, in the new CBA, it looks like the players will finally get back in the Olympics. And I think that's a hundred percent the right move. And I think that a lot of players are 
absolutely, you know, once it's official, I'm sure, you know, there's players that are incredibly excited about this. You know, for all we know, this could this deal could fall apart tomorrow as you're listening to this or, you know, whenever you choose to listen to this. Um, but, no, this is absolutely incredible. It looks, so, basically, the, the players would be able to play in the 2022 Olympics in Beijing as well as the 2026 Olympics in Milan. Um, and I don't know if anybody watched the last Winter Olympics, especially when hockey was on. Um, and the... <laughs> quote-unquote Olympic athletes from Russia back in 2018 won the gold medal on the men's side of things. And if you're, if you're kind of confused as to why that is, maybe because you didn't follow it or part of the reason because you didn't follow it is because there was no NHL players in it, was so Russia, I believe all the teams involved, so bobsledding, um, whatever other sports, I guess snowboarding, um, you know, I don't really watch the Olympics, the Winter Olympics, actually, for all that stuff. I usually just watch it for, like, maybe hockey, bobsledding. Um, and I believe that's really all I really watch. I mean, every now and then something, if there's something that catches my eye, I'll just throw it on. But, yeah, uh, so the it turned out the IOC found out that the that Russia, the, the I guess more so the Russian Olympic team, uh, was caught up in this huge doping scandal. And so many players, I guess they, they test people in in the countries where they hold the qualifiers and stuff. And then, and I guess from just, you know, off the top of my head, just from remember re- remembering when it happened, I think maybe, maybe more than half of all the Russian athletes tested positive for steroids and performance enhancing drugs and all that and all these illegal substances and... I guess it wasn't found out until later on, and then the IOC was like, you know what, we don't know who didn't and did not uh, test positive for all these stuff, so you know what we're going to do? We're just going to ban all the athletes from competing underneath their flag, which I guess, you know, I guess was the right move across the board. It would have... It would have sucked from a hockey perspective to see Alex Ovechkin because I don't know if you've ever seen because there every now and then whether it's because of a scandal like this or the I guess the um, the athletes don't have a country to compete underneath or whatever the case may be maybe some political stuff happening there um, I know every now and then you'll see whether it's the Olympics or you know the winter or the summer you'll see athletes doing that they'll just fly underneath the Olympic banner. And I guess it was a bigger black eye in the Olympics that the the Russian athletes did it. So, you know, when they raised the flags, it was the Olympic uh, rings that were on the flag and obviously not the Russian flag. Um, yeah, it would have been weird to see guys like uh, Alex Ovechkin from Russia with those plain, I, I believe they're like white, you know, for the away. And I, I believe the, the homes were probably blue, but that's besides the point. Yeah, so, but... You know, the good thing about this is that you could definitely expect a good number of Lightning players in 2022, barring any injuries or deciding whether or not to compete. Um, you're de- we're definitely going to see a lot of players from Lightning, especially in the Olympics. Um, you know, you're going to see Hedbin for Sweden, Stamkos for Canada, uh, Kucherov, Sergachev, and Vasilevsky for Russia, and then maybe... Maybe a little dark horse pick here, but maybe Tyler Johnson for the United States. We'll have to see how the United States uh, hockey, you know, committee for the Olympics 
decide how they decide to go on, you know, go about making this team. I would assume guys like Patrick Kane are going to be on it. Um, I'm trying to, I can't think off the top of my head who else they would do because I feel like they, you know, and this kind of relates to the 2018, I mean, 2010 Olympics when obviously everyone remembers when Team USA faced off against Canada in the finals for the gold medal game in Vancouver. And the game went to overtime, and uh, we all know what happened there. Sidney Crosby scored the golden goal that won it for Canada and all that. It was it was an absolutely incredible game. Um, I feel like when the United States made that team, they just decided to go, you know, just pick all the superstars, uh, for, you know, all the top American players in the NHL and just say, hey, you know what, guys, Let's just have an all-star team. I feel like that's what they did. Then again, if you look at the player pool of players that were from the USA and were in the NHL at the time, I don't believe that you could have picked a better team. I don't think there was any guys that maybe got snubbed off of that team. You know, there was guys like Zach Parise who played absolutely incredible. Uh, Ryan Miller played well. Uh, I believe Jonathan Quick was on that team also. So I'm curious how the United States team would – probably be formed now i would assume jonathan quick would probably be the starting goalie um i don't know if josh gibson from the anaheim ducks is canadian i believe he's canadian um if he's from the united states i think he would definitely be a no-brainer to pick obviously these guys could refuse but i mean in hockey i think sports like hockey especially soccer i think that's like the highest honor in the sport and i'm sure a lot of athletes and a lot of fans would agree as well as that if you had the choice between winning a Stanley Cup um, or a gold medal, where would you rank the two on your list of accomplishments for hockey players? And I think a lot of people would be inclined to see a player win a gold medal and you know, and then maybe have a Stanley Cup as a second choice. I don't know. I mean, everybody thinks of it differently. As a fan, obviously, I want to see the United States win a gold medal. But I think that you know, even though the Lightning have won it, in my lifetime, I think, you know, them having them win another cup would be, I think, just as special, if not more, just because they have a superstar team. I mean, it's kind of a thing that's expected. So I think it would be a bigger shock if they don't. I mean, we've spoken about it in absolute tons of length on the show about how they should win and they have every, every resource available for them to win a cup this year. But I mean, we're talking about the Olympics right now. So, Hedman would obviously go to Sweden. Um, Sweden, I don't know. I mean, 2022, two years away, that team's looking a lot different, a lot younger, Sweden. Uh, you don't have the guys. You don't have the the usual guys that you normally had um, from years past. You don't have the Lindstroms. You probably won't have Lundqvist. Um, I believe his contract's up maybe after this after next year. So that be so that would be 2021, obviously. So I would imagine he's retiring after he goes, you know, after his contract's up. So Sweden won't have Lundqvist. The Sedin twins are both retired, so you could just cross them off the board. Um, I guess Philip Forsberg. Um, not a ton of Swedens on this uh, Lightning team, so we don't have to worry about that. I mean, if you're, you know, there are certain people out there that I've spoken to, certain hockey fans that are that are. Are you know actually against 
players from the NHL playing in in the Olympics, which I could see why. I understand. You know, everybody knows what happened after the 2020, 2010 Olympics. Uh, a lot of the players that played, I mean, you know, from top to bottom, every team, that, those teams were stacked. I mean, you had some of the bottom-dwelling teams, like I believe like Lafayette was in a, you know, certain t- um, countries like that. But, you know, especially the players from Canada, USA, Sweden, Finland, Russia, those players were absolutely gassed out by the time they came back and played. And I think that maybe swayed the the way the, the rest of the season went, which is quite understandable. So, like, if you're a fan who's really against, especially if you're a Lightning fan, you know, if it, it, it could be a little discerning, especially if, you know, you're seeing how many players could possibly go, you know, leave in the middle of a season where – they, you know, go play in a tournament for that has absolutely no effect on the franchise other than maybe amassing some more fans because, you know, that's what this is a good opportunity for. And I am a huge fan of is promoting the game. So, you know, you're going to have – there are hockey fans out there, believe it or not. I, I know a couple that, you know, they don't really root for any particular team. They just – whether it's they live in a state that doesn't have a team or – they just are a fan of the sport, but they don't have a team. So this could be the kind of thing where they're watching the Olympics and, you know, just for argument's sake, they, they're watching Russia and they see a guy like Serge, Mikhail Sergachev playing. And, I mean, we all know that the way he's played this year is definitely going to – he's definitely played himself into the conversation of possibly being on the Olympic team. So, I mean, I think it's just a far-gone collusion. I'd be surprised if he's left off the roster for 2022. But, yeah, I mean – if, if, you know, a hockey fan with no team is tuning into Russia, sees a guy like Mikhail Sergachev playing, and we all know what he's capable of, comes a fan of that guy, and then he's like, okay, where does this Sergachev guy play? Oh, he plays for the Lightning. Maybe I'll follow him. And then, you know, that's how you end up, obviously, we all know how people become fans of, of certain teams. It's all different scenarios and stories. But, yeah, um, I think that the only way, and I don't think this would really applies to these guys – um, then again, we never know. I mean, the only guy I would be obviously worried about as to how this could, you know, his performance, whether it's good, bad, or, you know, any potential injuries. Because I think that's the one number one reason why the owners and some fans as well don't want to have their players play in the NHL, I mean, in the Olympics. And that's because what if, you know, for another hypothetical knock on wood, that. Victor Hedman is playing in a game in, you know, for Sweden in the Olympics, and then he takes a puck to the face and he's out for, or he suffers a gruesome injury, let's just say breaks his ankle or whatever the case may be, um, and he's done, you know, he's done. And let's say the Lightning are on a roll going into, I guess, the Olympic break. Because I imagine the league would just pause, maybe hold their all-star, uh, their all-star week or weeks, I guess, then. Uh, or they would just continue play. I think that would be very a very dull, um, you know, continuation. Then again, I would love to see how certain teams play and fare without some of their stars. Um, I'm maybe maybe the NHL will change things up. Who knows? But yeah, uh, I think it would be very. I think that's the major reason why, and I, I it's quite understandable, especially with someone like. Steven Stamkos, who has suffered his fair share of injuries, and not just Steven Stamkos, but just, you know, the storyline from this year. Uh, the Lightning have had a tough time 
as you know as many as much as any team in the NHL of keeping players on the ice and healthy. Um, you know, we were at they were without Steven Stamkos for quite a number of time. You know, it looked like in I believe in February or actually no March because he got hurt a couple of weeks before the pause. That you know, it looked like the Lightning weren't going to get Steven Stamkos back until possibly the conference finals. So imagine, and you know, without Steven Stamkos, this team is a whole totally different team. I mean, granted, they played well in his absence. You know, you had guys like Anthony Sorelli, obviously, Mikhail Sergachev doing his thing, Nikita Kucherov, all the guys, Tyler Johnson, um, Palat, you know, everybody was chipping in, but it wasn't really sustainable for a deep playoff run in order to get. Stamkos back um you know Kucherov isn't the guy who won the MVP he's not the same player who won the MVP let's be realistic he's not going to be able to carry a team and he proved it unfortunately during his MVP season when he did when the Lightning did get swept and that was just you know he was a non-factor in that series and that's the kind of thing uh kind of reason why you know I also it's a two-edged sword because you know I on one side I really badly want these players to play in the Olympics. But at the same time, you know, I don't want the Lightning going into a an Olympic break with on a hot streak, you know, maybe topping the Atlantic or in in the driver's seat to possibly win the President's Trophy or whatever the case may be. And you know, coming out of that break with a full health, you know, going to that break with a full healthy team and then coming back to resume play with you know, uh, three out of their six, seven players that are possibly going to play. So, you know, I understand that reason why, and I, I would not want that either. So, I mean, I guess the only way maybe, maybe we could have a compromise. I don't know if the IOC is going to allow this, especially with who knows. And I hate to say it, who knows how long this coronavirus business is going to be for. I mean, I heard on the news today, this might be a thing for until we might not even get a vaccine until maybe 2021. So I don't know if maybe the IOC is going to push things back or maybe they're going to restrict the amount of players on the roster. But I feel like the only way maybe there could be kind of a, you know, a, a, a plan between the IOC and the NHL and the player association where everybody wins is where I guess you let the players play and then they forfeit their, obviously they forfeit their salary for that amount of time that they were playing. And then the IOC allows each country to expand its roster. So these guys, you know, so these guys aren't exactly playing every single game of every single round. You know, we're talking qualifiers and the knockout stage and then, bronze silver and gold medal games so i guess you know just maybe expand the rosters maybe add five more players whether it's an extra goalie or a couple defensemen or forwards whatever the case may be i think maybe that's kind of the decision that needs to either be made or maybe the topic of discussion that needs to be brought up in these negotiations which are obviously still ongoing because it's you know this none of this is set in stone you know, until we get a new actual uh, official new CBA, I mean, you know, where this is all speculation. I mean, like I said, you know, in the beginning of this, this could this could all fall apart tomorrow or for whenever you listen to this episode as I'm speaking to you. So, yeah, I mean, 
we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, I hopefully, fingers crossed, that you know they do work out a deal where the players do actually go back to play. Um, everything I've read online looks like that it's probably going to happen, but you never know. You never know. Um, we see how, you know, things could kind of get dicey in the sports world between athletes and the league. I mean, we saw it in Major League Baseball for the past month, month and a half maybe, while they were negotiating coming back. So you never know. Um, yeah, but I do definitely want to see more moments like we had in 2010, especially, you know, iconic moments. For example, obviously, anybody thinks about the the gold medals, uh, the championships and all that stuff in, uh, in the Olympics. I mean, at least me, I think about Canada winning the gold medal in Vancouver in 2010. So we'll have to wait to see and hopefully, you know, and hopefully the United States could get their act together, select the right players and win a gold medal. Don't you just love it when you discuss something and, you know, it turn, turns out that you're right. I mean, I've done that quite, a, quite. I wouldn't say quite a bit. I mean, that's a little, little farce, far-fetched, uh, I guess far-stretched assumption. But I've gotten a couple of predictions, I guess you could say it, right, or a little some hunches. I mean, it's not that hard just because, you know, with everything that I've heard – in the news, obviously, I'm referring to the NHL selecting Edmonton and Toronto, and it kind of seemed, you know, as news was leaking out about this whole thing, and then kind of, you know, the play, the pieces were there, and you know, I was like, <laughs> I was staying up one night, going through countless articles. Now, if if you could kind of imagine with me. Uh, that scene in Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie's putting the pieces together of Pepe Silva, Sylvia. Um, I was kind of like that. I had a couple of cups of coffee while reading all this stuff, and I was like, and then it just clicked to me, we're going to have this in Canada. And then I want to say maybe the next day, uh, Bob McKenzie tweeted saying that all signs are, you know, are... Uh, or looking towards Canada, and obviously this was, I believe, Canada Day, and yeah, so you know, congrats to me, I guess. You know, I'm sure all of you are loving this that are <laughs> listening to this right now, but yeah, I mean, this is no surprise, and I think it's one of the smartest decisions the NHL has made thus far about this whole return. I mean, you know, these are the two, you know, the one qu- thing that was in, qu- in question with all this was that. Because I heard something about Chicago and Las Vegas and, you know, off the top of your head is do these cities actually have not only the the proper facilities to host these playoffs? I mean, yeah, Las Vegas has all these hotels. I mean, that's that's a no brainer. But Chicago, that just didn't make any sense. Just too populated. Everything's so close together. You need these players in facilities that are spread out, uh, that are, you know, they're in hotel rooms and I guess lodging, if you want to call it, uh, that are f- spread out yet, you know, f- not too far from the facilities as well. So, and that you couldn't possibly have had that, especially in Chicago with, you know, with everything going on in the country with, uh, the civil rights, you know, movement that is currently happening right now, just because, you know, the last thing the NHL needs, and this is not knocking, obviously, the civil rights movement. I mean, what is happening in the country today, it's something that needs to happen. But for the sake of logistically hosting this and doing this where 
players wouldn't their health wouldn't be in jeopardy and they and you the whole key to this and for this to work is not having the players exposed to as many people so obviously look at it this way if the players are commuting back and forth to the you know to the to the facilities and the hotels um it would be very likely especially in a city as like chicago which is very similar to um, New York, if you've never been to Chicago, is that you know they could easily have been caught up in a like a protest, you know, a block street for whatever the case may be, and that's just the situation where the NHL I think didn't want to take a chance in terms of having that happen, especially if there there's a time crunch. So I guess you know. Then again, I have no idea what's going on in Toronto. Um, I know there's been obviously protests around and move and you know movements around Canada obviously happening but I could imagine especially in Edmonton where they will be hosting the Stanley Cup finals as well as the conference finals that I would imagine in Edmonton which is I guess a little bit more rural now all my Canadians out there that are Lightning fans that are listening to this um, correct me if I'm wrong I mean just from people that I've spoken to and you know just from my my half-assed um, Wikipedia, Google searches of Edmonton. It seems like it's a little bit uh, more rural than maybe Toronto. But Toronto definitely has um, the facilities as well. You know, these are the these are the two top cities, I believe, in Canada where, other than Montreal, if you're going to have a hockey, you know, tournament or whatever you want to call it or playoffs, I mean, this is these are the places to have it, which, you know, the, so kudos to the NHL. They got it right. I figured that, you know, with all the time that they were taking to make a decision on all of this, that they there was maybe a 1% chance that they should have gotten this wrong, and they didn't. So, that, you know, good job. They, they, they did the right thing. Now, I'm just curious how they're going to organize the whole schedule. I mean, obviously, we have, you know, we're talking round-robin games, qualifiers. So, yeah, those qualifiers are going to be best of five. And the round-robin teams are going to have to at least play th- three games each. So, how is that going to work out? Are they going to do maybe two qualifier uh, two qualifier games one day and then the other day? Maybe switch off and on between round-robins round and that I guess that would be the most logical thing. Um, I mean, who knows what they're going to do, like I said. Um, I think that would just be the most logical thing, and I think the NHL is... They're trending in the right in the right direction in terms of getting things right with this. Now, obviously, we still have training camp, official training camp coming up. Um, now... Like I said on the last show, barring any catastrophic spikes in COVID, the league is going to just push through this. I mean, there are probably going to be players here and there catching the virus, unfortunately. But like I said, when they announced officially that play was coming back, that was just going to be the nature of the beast that the league would have to be dealing with. And I think that's what all the players, as though as they are concerned, and rightfully so, I think they understand the risks and understand that, you know, this is something that they're going to have to deal with. But as fans, we need to look at it this way, you know, they're making a big sacrifice, but 
in terms of our enjoyment and impending entertainment. This is all I can say to you guys, uh, maybe for those of you who haven't been listening to every show, but strap in as soon as the puck drops for the official games because it's going to be it's going to be chaos. It's going to be absolute chaos. We're going to see things. This is going to be the best NHL playoffs that maybe the league has ever seen in its, I want to say maybe 102 years now. 102 years, right? Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be absolutely incredible. We're going to see maybe a lot of upsets. It might be like March Madness. It might be You might see a, a, a number 16 type team like the Montreal Canadiens just throwing, or maybe like the Chicago Blackhawks, just throwing names out there, make deep playoff runs. It's very reasonable. I mean, all these players have had a lot of time off. Um, it might take a couple of games or so for these players to really, you know, because you're obviously in the in the, in the the mini training camps and the practices, these players are going to be playing with each other, but you can't, and you know, these they're not going to be able to have full scrimmages. They're just going to have normal practices because you don't want to risk any of these guys doing too much too fast and then getting hurt so i think these a lot of these teams are going to be off their game going forward and it's going to be a great opportunity for teams that maybe have zero business in this like the islanders the rangers uh teams that were on the cusp uh canadians as well that had zero shot uh when at that point in time of making the playoffs uh you know this is going to be a good opportunity for them to make the most of it and yeah now, I saw some, you know, just to kind of close out this segment, I saw some talk about um, some fans of some of the teams that are in the qualifiers, like some teams that maybe just got in just because of the expanded playoffs. You know, obviously we're playing 24 now total. The the fans want the player. The, they, they were talking about, you know, have the the – the teams throw the first round in in order to get that you know that that first overall pick because if you were paying attention during the draft uh, which was a shock then again I discussed it a little bit before the draft happened um, go back and listen to that episode of course that this situation you know with the certain playoff teams that were in that are in the playoffs now being able to get a chance at draft picks it it was just you know you were gonna have to see something weird like that happen where obviously a team that's in the playoffs now get the first overall pick and I think as crazy as that is I don't think a lot of people were surprised about it so yeah um I I saw a lot of team I saw some fans on social media saying you know yeah our teams are gonna be in it but they're they're not gonna make a deep run uh you know we weren't supposed to be in the playoffs to begin with so why don't we just throw the first first round, get swept or whatever the case may be, lose, and then get that first overall pick? Well, I have some news for you. It's not a guaranteed spot because I think they're going to do it random. You know, playoff team H as the official draft pick is. Um, it's not a total guarantee, so we're going to have to wait and see um, how they do it. I think they'll have like a secret draft and then as I would imagine – Right before the draft, they'll reveal the results. So, like I said at the top of the show, that you know the league is making a lot of progress. the The news is getting more positive and positive day by day. So, super excited about that. Super excited about the prospect of a couple of lightnings, 
players maybe in a couple of years playing representing the countries in the Olympics and we get to see you know maybe some new players uh, around the league not just from the lightning uh, participate in the Olympics and showcase their skills to the world as well as you know having officially now having I believe it's official I'm sure if it's not it will be by the time you listen to this or maybe in a couple of days or by next week who knows um, that we're gonna have an all Canadian um, uh, Stanley Cup playoffs and Stanley Cup finals will officially take place in Edmonton. So, yeah, if you're not a fan of the Edmonton Oilers, if you're just an Edmonton Oiler hater um, or maybe a Toronto Maple Leaf hater, which obviously some of us are considering the Maple Leafs are a divisional rival, root for those teams absolutely take a massive beating during the playoffs, get knocked out as early as possible so a team from the USA could win a cup. Uh, not only win a cup, but uh, win it in Canada. It's just a rub into your Canadian friends' faces. So that's been it for today's episode, episode 69 of Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.